Thank you for listening to Right Jokes, Wrong Times. Today I was joined by Ben Horn. You can follow him on Instagram at TheBenHorn. We started the podcast by talking about the COVID numbers rising. Do the numbers rising at all freak you out? A little bit, yeah. I mean, not as far as like my my safety or anything, because yeah. I have kind of a destructive personality in general. But um, I am concerned that uh, we're about to hit another serious lockdown. Fortunately, this time I have a job that I'll be able to keep if uh you know when that happens but right. yeah, last time i was working as a server so i lost my job pretty quickly and then uh lost a lot of other things afterwards <laughs> yeah this time i'm a little more prepared for uh for something like that but it will be sad to not have the the shows or anything anymore isn't it amazing like the first time they kind of really went away i was like wow i had like no idea how much i really feel like i needed this yeah i've said this before but it's like uh when i when we came back when things started opening up again you know i i took stand up more seriously than i ever have because it, it felt like and this is the analogy that i always use it's like felt like i lost a really great girlfriend <laughs> And then now that, and then once I got her back, I was like, okay, I really need to appreciate her and take advantage of the opportunities that I have. So when things started opening up again and finally got comedy back, I was just every mic that was available, I was hitting and, you know, just trying to get out there as much as possible and uh, really work on it instead of just taking advantage of it, you know? Hey, I got a little fun thing. Let's pull a little relationship dick here. The only way that I know how, just because I'm like an ex-Mormon, I never went all the way with anybody. Sure. How many chicks did you date that you were like, damn, they got away? Really, I would say two. Two that damn. I can think of. Nice. One, I mean, one I wouldn't say really got away, but uh, probably the the best relationship I've I've ever been in was, um, I, and I think you might've heard me tell this joke, um, at the tiger the other day, but, uh, she ended up just being gay. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, she's one of my best friends to this day. And like, we don't have any kind of romantic feelings towards each other anymore, but it was like the best relationship I had had. And like, I do think, you know, if she wasn't gay, I think we probably would still be together. Okay. So she didn't get away. She more got out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she, she came out. She yeah. fully came out. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool, well, dude, I'm excited to talk to you today, man. Uh, I'm excited because this is exactly what I wanted out of this podcast. I wanted to meet other people like me that are out doing mics that are pushing their comedy. And that's what I've seen you doing, man. So I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah, man. I really appreciate you uh, you having me on, man. This is going to be fun. Yeah. So I asked you to think about a joke of yours that you have that works on stage. So what do you have for me? Yeah. Um, I would say my favorite joke to tell is a joke I wrote forever ago. But uh, it's a joke about incest porn and like why oh, there's so Christ. much of it. <laughs> yeah. And the reason that it's my favorite joke is because one, it's it's one of the few jokes that I have where I really feel like every single line is a punchline. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you know, sometimes you just get to, you get to uh, you invest too much in in the buildup or the the setup and stuff. But this one, I really felt like it just it just came together so naturally. Uh, I don't know what that says about me, but I guess I can respect that you don't dilly dally around in the incest porn. You know, you get straight <laughs> to the punchlines, man. I'm down with that at least. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it just it it just works so well. And the, the other reason that I really love that joke is because like, it really splits the room every time. It's like some people like there, people are either laughing their ass off and like, they get that I'm just fucking around or people get really uncomfortable and they oh, look at real? me like, like they just, they're looking at me like they just caught me finger banging their cat or something. Like they get super weird for me. Like, to be honest, that's almost as good as a laugh for me. Like if I, if half the room's laughing their ass off and the people who are a little 
touchy or sensitive or getting really uncomfortable, that's, that's just as good as a, as a laugh for me. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I love, I love that joke because, because of that, it makes some people uncomfortable. Like I've had tw- twice now I've done shows where people ended up bringing their children. Wait, when we say children, how old are we talking here? Well, let's see. There was, there was one show that I did at like a, a pizza bar and there was like a husband and wife that had a, I don't know, he was probably like 10, 11, 12, something like that. And he was like sitting at the bar with uh, his parents and they were just eating food. And I, I apologized. Was this Pizza Gate? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude. This was a Round Rock Pizza Gate. It was in the basement? Like I, I apologized uh, and I was like, look, I'm sorry for what your kid's about to hear. And both times that I've said that, it, both of these events where there were children present, both like both times some parent was like, oh, don't worry. They've heard it all before. And I'm like, yeah, you say that, but you have no idea what I'm about to say. And usually when they give me that kind of attitude like oh you're not gonna say anything they haven't heard i'm like all right well let's start off with uh, my mom catching me doing cocaine Jesus. and then let's go into incest porn and i and both times that i've done that the parents quickly paid their tab grabbed their children and got the fuck out of there oh my goodness that's a great win for parenting i guess like they actually bucked up and did the right thing yeah yeah but if they stay I mean, they're just like no give us some more yeah it'd be great if they actually committed they're like oh man i did tell this guy my kids heard it all before so i guess <laughs> the kid starts like heckling you give us more yeah i'm sure there's i'm sure i've created some awkward conversations on car rides home of like <laughs> mommy what was that guy talking about don't worry about it <laughs> so incest porn so uh let me ask how did you write this joke <laughs> Dude, so it's it's so funny i had a totally different concept from when I first started it. And then I remember I was hanging out with some friends. I won't I won't say his name, but I'll, I'll let him know that I was talking about him on this. We were all drinking and stuff. He was just ranting and raving in like a drunken rant about how like there's so much like sister, you know, stepsister gets banged porn out there and stuff like Ooh. that. So he was just going off about that. And then he went directly into like how hot his stepsister is. And I was like, okay, dude, I get it. Like you secretly want to bang your stepsister. It's like, oh. it's all right, man. Just, just accept it. You know, it's like, um, it was like, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever met anybody like this, but, uh, the guy who's really homophobic, but he's just, but he ends up being gay. Like he's only homophobic because he doesn't want to accept that he's gay. I've met Justin Byers. <laughs> yeah. So like, that's, that's what this guy was doing. Like he, he was ranting and raving about how much he hated it. But I think deep down, like he just knows that's what he's into. So when I was listening to him talk about that, I was like, all right, I have to, I have to make this joke work because it's, it like it's not just me who notices how much of this crap is is popping up on Pornhub or whatever you know <laughs> your your thing is. So yeah, I just I just went at it, and you know one of the things that I I love most about like stand up or, or the comedians that I love most are the ones who can take something like really uncomfortable or morbid and like make people laugh at it. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, all right, if I if I'm gonna do this like really gross joke, I have to make it good. Like I have to make people laugh at it. And like I said, you know, it's people either love it or they really hate it and either way it's a win for me (laughs) yeah that's nice especially if you're trying to polarize you know Uh, let me ask you this before we jump topics very quickly you go to Pornhub what's the first category you jump to oh man fat asses all day dude (laughs) hell yeah all right well fat asses nice for sure dude all right well dude all right I asked you to think about a joke of yours you have that didn't work on stage so what do you have for me yeah I have a I have a joke that I've I've tried several times and i've re like i've rewrote it many times and uh 
it doesn't ever quite, it, it doesn't ever quite work. And maybe it's just the way I'm telling it, but basically it's, it's a joke about white and versus black horror movies. Like right. I'm a huge horror movie fan and I, I love Jordan Peele. His movies like us was one of my, is, is one of my new favorite horror movies. And I remember reading this article and they were, they were talking about how Jordan Peele was finally making horror movies that were more relatable to the black community. And I, and there's a lot of truth to that because like all of the horror movies that I've seen as a kid are like all of the, the antics that, you know, it, that get these white people in these sticky situations mm-hmm. is all shit that like my black friends would never fucking do. Like I have a, a lot of black friends. Not one of them owns a Ouija board. So- None of them are, you know, going to log cabins for the weekend. None of them on road trips stop in those creepy inbred towns in the, you know, in the middle of nowhere. So it's like, you know, none of them, uh, you know, it's just it was just a funny thought that I had. And I I wrote a joke about it. And um, for some reason, it's just like it, it never really lands. And maybe it's just the way that I'm telling it. But uh, I also feel like sometimes people just like, it, you know, race. Anytime you're talking about race, even if it's something as, as silly as that concept, a lot of people get uh, get a little tense and they don't know if they should laugh or not. Right. Um, but it's it's a joke that I love so much that like I'm going to keep working at it until it until it finally works. Well, especially when you say things and both of us have like Southern facial hair. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I've got <laughs> the, sideways uh, real quick. Yeah. I've got the mustache that says I shouldn't be talking about racial humor. You got um, the old West mustache right now in the new West. Yeah, for real. I've got the blazing saddles mustache. I don't watch anything that's not funny. So I've seen basically everything that Jordan Peele has done that's funny. I haven't seen anything he's ever done that's serious, but I heard it's like incredible, man. It really is. It's uh, Jordan Peele's phenomenal. Um, Get Out was was great. And uh, Us is one of my new favorite horror movies. And he's remaking Candyman, which um, is, is funny actually because when I first started telling that joke I, I start the joke by talking about how much I love Jordan Peele and then I eventually make my way into like the the like predominantly black cast horror movies that I do know of like you know like Candyman and stuff like that and um, and it was so funny because I, I told that joke a few times and then a few months later one of my comic friends sent me a link and it was Jordan Peele is remaking Candyman and I was like holy shit that's fucking perfect but also now I don't know if the if that joke will work as well because it's, it'll be a little too on the nose. Yeah, he's he does he does a really good job of of doing both comedy and uh, and serious work, which which I really respect. So, are you big into like old like horror movies as well? Oh yeah, classic horror movie like um, Rosemary's Baby. I mean, that's a classic. I mean, how how old are you talking? Oh, dude, just any. I don't, I don't watch any. Like, oh yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't. So you don't watch anything that's not funny. Yeah, like nothing. That's that's ridiculous to me. Like besides sports, how do you feel other emotions? <laughs> just, what are other emotions? I don't know. I'm a robot. It's, it's just, in like in the Mormon community, are there things that like you're not really supposed to to watch? Like as far as like your media that you consume? Yeah, you're not supposed to watch stuff that's like rated R. Basically, is like the benchmark that they set. So anything rated R. And up, you know, you're not supposed to watch anything like PG-13 and down with discretion, you know. Okay. Was kind of the rule, at least at least in my house. I I guess everybody's is different. That was the rule in my house. And as as I understood it, that was kind of the rule of thumb. No rated R movies. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you a list of some horror movies and make you sleepless for the next week. You (laughs) know what's cool is I'm not going to watch any of them, like just none of them. (laughs) And then every time you're like, hey, man, did you watch them? I'm like, none of them. I watch none (laughs) of them. I have Uh, zero interest. You got to watch. I mean, you can't. Can't just you can't spend your whole life just watching Adam Sandler movies. You know you gotta you gotta. <laughs> I said comedy, damn it. Bro. No, I'm <laughs>
Somebody that's way funnier than me, I just trash him. All right, nice. Yeah. This is the bad joke segment. Dude, uh, yeah. so when you talk about having like that joke, none of those people react like you're black friends, right? Maybe you just don't have enough black friends. You don't have a big enough pool of data to write a proper joke. That's maybe, maybe that's it. I mean, every time any of my black friends come to to shows i always i always tell them, they always ask me to tell that joke but then like every once in a while i'll pull it out and and yeah just i don't know and it's always like that thing where like like anytime you you, you tell a racial joke people will always look to like the nearest minority and see if they're laughing and like see if it's okay to like have a good time it's it's such a weird it's such a weird thing and again the joke is just so silly it's not like i'm i'm saying anything controversial or offensive but for for whatever reason just uh, yeah i think i think you're right i think it's the mustache that really just (laughs) makes people not want to be on my side on that one but it's um i don't know it's such a like it's a fun concept and it's you know something that like because i'm such a big fan of horror movies like it's it's something that i you know have a passion for and uh yeah just I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna keep working that joke until it finally works or until or until i give up but well i'm glad this is the bad joke segment because i actually wrote a bad joke about having black friends you want to hear it yeah yeah absolutely i hate like every time you hear somebody get caught for doing racist shit they always justify it by saying that they have like a bunch of black friends right right that's why i'm not racist i don't have any black friends <laughs> That's good. That's a good, terrible joke. It's awesomely bad, yeah. That's an awesomely bad joke, yeah. All right, dude. Well, I asked you to think about something that you're writing about now. What are you writing about now? Right now, um, I'm I'm actually really excited about this. I've it's it's something that I can't stop writing about, which is actually kind of making it difficult to uh, to narrow down the joke and make it short enough for for an open mic but i have this thing man where i i, I have a, a few people that like i knew in high school and i have like follow on you know social media facebook or instagram or whatever and they they have just only fans i mean the most horrendously trashy lives that i've ever <laughs> seen and i'm I'm just obsessed. Like I check on them and their statuses and their photos. I mean, hourly, like multiple times a day. Cause I just can't get enough. Okay. So and my wife watches real housewives. So that's basically a real housewives that you can constantly check up on. It's just constant drama. Yeah. But, it, but imagine if the, the housewives were an, overweight girl with neck and face tattoos who (laughs) sells drugs via her Facebook story and also advertises her amateur porn videos where she uploads videos to Pornhub and uses her real name. Okay, is there just one specific person that's going to be like, you know what, I just found this podcast today. God damn it. This this one, yeah, if she she hears this, she's going to know exactly who who I'm talking about and and her her there there is this guy that she was seeing for maybe a couple of weeks and he's this he's like this 21 year old really skinny white rapper uh, or aspiring rapper who I'm surprised he hasn't come across my uh suggestions on apple music (laughs) I mean he he might have heard him but I but like the they dated for like a, a couple of weeks or something or like officially on Facebook or whatever you want to, you know, however that works. But this kid tattooed her fucking name on the side of his face, on the side of his face. And, and then they broke up like six weeks later. And I just, I mean, I can't stop watching these people's lives. It's just, and you know, 
a lot like I was talking to a friend about it and, and they were like, you know, you like that stuff because it makes you feel better about yourself. But that's not true. It's actually the complete opposite. Like it makes me feel worse about myself because I wish that I didn't care what anybody thought the way that those people do. Like, I wish I had face tattoo amateur porn confidence. That these people are living the dream. They just don't give a shit. And I love it. And I like, I envy their their attitude towards life. Those people have, I mean, probably should see, see therapists, but they don't need a <laughs> prescription for Xanax ever. They, they are not feeling any kind of anxiety in life. And that is admirable. And I wish I had that. Why don't you do it? Just, just get neck tats. Blow out your stomach. Start eating a shit ton. I, I mean, I already have like a ridiculous stomach tattoo, so I'm I'm halfway there. Nice. You just need to gain the weight to match. Yeah, I just I just gotta gain a bunch of weight. Well, oh cool, man. man. Well, dude, I can't thank you enough for doing this with me today, dude. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. By the way, I listening to your uh, listening to um, the podcast earlier today. I I couldn't put like I, I couldn't put my finger on it, and then it finally hit me when I was smoking a cigarette earlier. <laughs> but uh, your your intro, like when you're introducing um the people before you actually start the interview you yeah. have like you have npr voice like <laughs> it made me it made me like the way that you were speaking and like the tone and everything i was like if i felt like you were about to break down the world economy or like give me the latest covid results or something holy shit i sound smart yeah <laughs> yeah you've got npr voice for sure dude god damn i'm so glad i sound smart <laughs> i'm so fucking stupid i'm just monotone <laughs> as hell man